Welcome to Creation Radio and TV. I'm your host, Mike Riddle, the president and founder of Creation Training Initiative. Well, again, we're going through a series on biblical creation and just the basics of understanding biblical creation. And today we have our special guest again, uh, Carl Kirby. And thank you for coming back. That was a great session the first. Uh -huh. We learned a lot and we talked about uh, things as the fathers and the, and the youth, what's happening there and how we need to focus on those two. Yeah. Now, we also mentioned I wanted to um, talk about some of your products, some of the things you've done, and I think they're dynamic. But again, tell people how they can get a hold of you right up front. What's your website? Well, thank you, Mike. It's rforh.com. stands for Reasons for Hope. Um, the app is Reasons, plural for hope, at the App Store. And then uh, our, our cell number, or cell number, I should say, or just our, our phone number is 800-552-HOPE. And that's the easiest way to get a hold of us. Okay. Well, I'd like to continue from that last session. Uh, let's, let me talk about some of those uh, videos you have called Debunk. Yeah. I think they're dynamic. Yeah. So talk a little bit about what you've done with some of those and what ones you do have out. Well, they're fun. As you, see, as you saw, what happened was is that uh, I'm ADD, as if you couldn't tell. Okay. And so I'm, I'm this guy that uh, um, you, when I, I tell people that if, if they knew what ADD was when I was a child, I would not have been on medication. I would have walked through life with an IV drip in a hospital stand because my mind is always running. But I... I just call that thinking ahead and, <laughs> and being intelligent. I call it a gift. Yes. You know, that's one of the things. Parents, man, learn how to harness it. It's an amazing yes. thing that when your mind can run like that, you can... Oh, it, it really is a gift. But what I wanted to do is, okay, we've got a lot of information out there. So how do we take it and package it that somebody who is uh, going to sit there and give you like 30 seconds, maybe, mm -hmm. to hook them, um, how do we snag them? And so uh, a good, good dear friend of mine, man, his name is Bub, uh, he, uh, he's out in California, and I, I was speaking out there, and I told him, I said, come down, Bub, I want to meet you, and we talked, and, and uh, we just came up with this concept of, okay, four, five-minute video, uh, I, I call it Dirty Jobs Meets Mythbusters on Steroids. Would you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> Dirty Jobs meets Mythbusters on steroids. Okay. So, so, uh, and it's based on the uh, the old Ford F one fifty commercials. If you've ever seen the one that have the animation, boom, boom, bring, and that's what we did. So, Bub was the mastermind, the genius to make the uh, the video happen, and uh, we wrote the scripts. And so, we go after things like, uh, what are some of the common claims that we hear in the world around us? You can't trust the Bible; it's full of mistakes and errors. You couldn't put all those animals on a boat. How ridiculous. Two of every seven of some 10 billion species of animals on a wooden boat. Well, I, I don't have to share my faith. I just have to live a good life. So we took six of these very common things that we will hear, and we debunk it. And so uh, it's fast-paced, animated, uh, but biblical. Just giving biblical yes. answers, saying, look, eh, that's not true, <laughs> essentially. And again, I, I have some of those, and we've been selling some of those. So how would they get it? How would they get a hold of these? Because they are excellent for youth. They're far better than anything they're going to see on television. So how would they get a hold of those? <laughs> well, we've got a, a six on a DVD. Like I said, they're about four to six minute uh, answers, and it comes with a study course. And you can get them at your website, apparently. So you've got them at uh, Mike's. If you well, wanna, let's go to your website. If you want to come to mine, it's rforh.com. Hit the store button, and you'll see a tab up there for debunked. And uh, you, can, you can actually watch them. As a matter of fact, here you go. I'm going to give them to you free. Just go to the app. All six of them are on the app, free of charge. Now, when you get them on the app, though, there's a watermark. It has our website on there, the rforh.com, because I'm like, I don't have a marketing budget. You become my marketing budget when you get the app and share it with okay. people. But the study course, which to me is important because um, the video has always been meant to be nothing more than a hook 
to get a conversation going. And so the study course, it's not like a deep theological study. It's one that, oh, what do you think they mean by this and this? And, th and how do we apply it and, and get conversations going? And that's only available, you know, from you or myself on, on our websites. So. But I, the one I liked the best was Noah's Ark. I just thought it was excellent how you, you have all these challenges yeah. and you debunk one at a time. And you have all these visuals going there, so it really captures, they don't only hear it, but they see the visual too. It just goes on and on. But if they miss something, it's in the study guide. Right, right. That, that's what's great. So I highly recommend getting these debunked series videos. They're, there's you. nothing out there like them. They're, they're fun. They're unique. Um, you know, one of the things that we use is if you want to, if you want to, well, you couldn't fit all the animals on the boat. Well, you've got to know three things. If you want to answer that question and, uh, you know, how big was the boat? How big, uh, how big were the animals? And, 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 and how many are we talking about here? And if you know those things, all of a sudden it's amazing how, well, if you start with the Word of God, the Word of God gives us answers to every one of those. The only time it ever becomes a joke is when we take our wisdom and we say, God, I know what you wrote, but let me tell you what you meant. I know you said it was a 450-foot-long wooden boat, but let me tell you what you meant. And we put in our children's class the little rinky-dinky boat with the giraffe head sticking up out of the chimney and monkeys hanging around on the outside. We turn the Bible into a joke by taking our wisdom to God's Word. But when you start with God's Word, it gives answers. And one that I'll give you is, how big was the ark? 522 railroad stock cars. Now, guys, I want you to think about this for a second because... I, I love this when you did it. Well, think about it because you and I, we've been out, we tra travel a lot, and there are times when we get caught on the wrong side of the tracks and the train's running. How many miles is 522 railroad stock cars? Seven miles of train. This was a big boat, man. This isn't some rinky-dinky thing. Yes. And so when we give our children the reality of this thing, all of a sudden it's like, oh, just like John. We talked about John in that last segment. Wow, I can trust the Bible. It's yes. real, and that's true. Yes. And uh, now, here's the way I usually get it, uh, and you see it. How could Noah fit all those millions of creatures yeah. on the ark? And they put that suggestion in there, exactly. millions of years, and it takes many Christians by surprise. They don't know how to answer it. Exactly right. But there's a fallacy in that statement. Yeah, go ahead. That's the key. See, Mike, that's the key. Like, like what you're doing and what we're trying to do is like, you better question the question. Because you see, people can ask you a question in such a way that you can't give a correct answer. And so, well, how'd they fit two of every seven of some 10 billion species of animals on the boat? And what I tell everybody is, hands should be going up, excuse me, excuse me. Um, how do we know that it was 10, or it was billions of species of animals? How do we know that? How do we know how many animals did they have to take onto the ark? Let's go take a look at the world that we live in. And what we see in the real world, is it consistent with the Word of God? Or is it consistent with what the world is telling us? And when you start breaking it back and go back to the genus level, and we all know that all the dogs that we see today go back to two dogs. I mean, 80, 85% of the dogs we see today go back within the last 150 years. Don't trust me. Come with me to London. We'll go through the London Museum of Natural History. Love giving tours through there. There's an exhibit on dogs, and it says all the dogs we see today go back to two dogs. Ooh, and by the way, across the hall, right, right across from the dog exhibit, there's a cat exhibit. All the cats we see today go back to two cats. Ooh, so we've started cutting down on the numbers, and so when we start breaking it back to genus level, we find out very quickly we didn't need millions or billions of animals. It's really a very small number in the big scheme of things. If you if you make it really big, you can take it up 30,000 30, animals to get everything that we see today. And there's plenty of room on the ark for something like that. Yes, that's only about uh, less than 40% of the ark yeah. filled. And plenty yeah. of room for Noah and his family and all their luggage. Absolutely. Shuffleboard the whole works. <laughs> I wonder if they had to pay for their luggage, too, if we're doing airlines today. <laughs>
would have been ugly. <laughs> yes. Now, you had some other videos out. Uh, what, describe some of those. Well, again, I, I told you last time about we try to do this dinnertime devotion series. It's kind of a broad umbrella right now. We want to get in the future, Lord willing, we're going to get where we're creating specific videos for these. But uh, again, the whole concept, four to six minute video, um, the questions answered is a, is a study course. It's got the study course that goes with it. Um, Kane's wife, skin color, uh, carbon dating, all of those types of questions with a short four to six minute answer, boom, fast paced, but then a little study to go with it. Fun with shuns, uh, big words, propitiation, sanctification, ooh, words ending with uh, shun. We have six of them. And then it's got a study course again so that you can dig a little deeper on the video. And those are all available on our uh, on our website, our forh.com. But again, the, the, the whole premise is, parents, start talking with your children. If you don't have answers, then do what God calls you to do, which is study to show yourself approved. Mm -hmm. There's good resources out there. Mike's got great resources. We've got great resources, I think, and there's there's plenty of stuff out there. We just got to be willing to put the effort into it. And these are all made for the layperson. You yeah. don't have to understand words like epistemology. I hope not. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or existentialism that they no. put in these up, of course. These yeah. are made for the layperson, the yeah. home person, be able to pick these up and read them and finally understand words like sanctification. Right, exactly. Yes. So, great explanation, and you actually put uh, on your on your website. You put out a newsletter, don't you? Yeah, if you go uh, if you go to the website, you can sign up for our newsletter. We we don't send out a lot of snail mail; quite expensive. Uh, so we do most of our contact through uh, uh, email. So if you if you go to the website and sign up for our e newsletter, we send something about oh three to four times a week. Like we've got one day that we send out a two minute teaching, just a short boom two minute video going after something. Uh, another day will be just questions that are coming in, so we answer questions throughout the week. Uh, I've got a, a good team that, that handles most of that. Uh, then a blog that goes out. So about three to four times a week we're, we're in touch, just kind of letting people know what's going on. And these are excellent even for like meal times. Yeah. You get one of these little two-minute study guides. What a conversation piece you can exactly. have. And even your videos, you know, you can watch these videos, four minutes. You know, it takes four minutes for commercials to go by on a television set. Yeah. So in the time it takes you to go look at all the commercials in a show, you can have one of those four-minute debunked or information videos right there. And then you can use the rest of the meal to have some conversation with the family. What yeah. a wonderful thought, conversation yeah, with the family. I, <laughs> I totally yes. agree, man. I had, uh, had the privilege, my wife and I stayed with a very blessed family. A very, they were a blessing to us. Every meal, we would sit down and read Scripture. Yeah. And what was nice is they let me pick the Scripture and read it. And then they would sing hymns. Wow. What, what a concept there. It was wonderful family time. There was meals come alive. It's not just the tasty food, right. but now we have the tasty spiritual food to go along with yeah. it. And, and that's it was, so important. It's a family coming together yeah. and praying together and reading scripture together and doing discussions and having answers. What's that verse in scripture says we got to have answers? Uh, you got to keep bringing <laughs> yeah, this First up. Peter 3.15 is, you know, it's, it's serious business. And I know what some people are saying, you don't understand my life. You know, we're both working, we got full-time jobs, and the kids are here, and the kids are there. i got to be honest with you, you better find time. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not a, a, a time where you can all sit down as a dinner, there's got to be some time where you can, Dad, you're going to have to make this time. Yes. If it's in the morning before your children go off to school, if they go to school, uh, if they're homeschooled, you better come in. and. Be, but you better find that time. I, I personally love the mealtime thing because that's what we did with our children. Mm -hmm. That was when all the other stuff went off, and we just... Let's 
let's get here, knee to knee, eye to eye, and look at each other, see what's going on. It keeps a family together, doesn't it, yeah. when, when you do these things? And uh, sometimes it can be a little rough. If you haven't started yet and you got oh. your teens all over the place, it can be a little stuff. Start small and then build exactly. into it. Exactly. Set a pattern. Set some habits yeah. there. And what better habit can we have but praising God? Yeah, absolutely. Because where do we want to spend eternity? In our jobs or in heaven, praising God. Absolutely. And dads, you're the example that your children are learning from. Yes, exactly. You know, I, I, I looked at that with my own daughter. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that scared me was that I knew that my daughter was going to be looking for someone that treated, you know, her the way that I treated my wife. And I, that was, I was that example for her. And so... You know, we, 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 we are very important. Men are very important. We've got to set that godly example because it, it sets a pattern for our, who our young men should grow up to be like, and it sets a pattern for who our young ladies should be looking for in a man, exactly. a future godly husband as well. So yes. it's very important. Now, did you question that young man who was oh. going to marry your daughter? Did you give him a quiz? <laughs> My poor daughter, man. First guy she brought home, um, I was building a, a fish pond in the backyard, and uh, I had this one stone. It was a big, heavy stone. And, and I could just barely get it, lift it up and put it up on the wheelbarrow. And I lifted it. I said, oh, no, young man's coming over. So uh, I went over and started working, and young man comes over, and he comes out to me, and my daughter was standing up on her back deck, and, hello, Mr. Kirby, sir, I'm da-da-da-da, you know, and uh, anything I can help you with, sir? Man, I, I grew up around all that. I know all that stuff, putting on a game face. I said, you know, there is something you could help me with. That rock right there, why don't you just grab it and throw it in that wheelbarrow for me? And so the young man goes over, and so, ah, don't worry, don't worry, son, I'll get it. And I go over and act like it's nothing. I just pick it up, put it in the wheelbarrow, and my daughter just shaking her head. <laughs> I was like, hey, I didn't say anything, but I laid down the log. That's right. <laughs> and we did talk later on. Trust me, we, uh, we had very good conversations because she's my daughter, and I care deeply who is going to be her spiritual head. That's right. So. Now, you offer something very special also. You have a gentleman that works with you called Juan Valdez. Yes. Just tell, tell us about Juan and how he works with your ministry. Juan, I have known for a number of years, and I spoke out in Calvary Chapel in, uh, in uh, California, and I was sitting there looking at the audience. It was a big audience. And I was like, man, we need a Spanish speaker. If we had a Spanish speaker, because... I was seeing that within the Hispanic community, you don't see a lot of good apologetic materials, solid apologetic materials. And I was like, man, we need somebody. And so uh, I left there, I left California, and I said, we gotta find somebody. And so I started beating the bushes and looking around, and, and I just so happened to be going back down to Miami. Uh, one is a, uh, a teacher, chaplain, a, a very large Christian school down in Miami. And I've spoken there over the years. He brings me in. I do like a spiritual emphasis week with the youth and everything, going to the classroom. I love it. Um, and so I was going down there. And I never thought of one as a speaker because he'd always just brought me down as the chaplain for the, for the school. And, and so, well, on this occasion, though, uh, I went in two days early and we did a Truth 21 uh, conference. So it was going after a younger generation. And my son and I were there. And my son at the time was on, the st on staff with me. And... Um, we're sitting there, and Juan was speaking, and five minutes into his talk, my son and I, we looked at each other at the same time and said, he's it. Mm -hmm. He's the guy, because Juan is passionate, um, especially when he speaks in Spanish. He's fluent in English. Uh, he's, he, he was born in America, but he, he's, he's, he's bilingual, fluent, and he is got, he's working on his Ph.D. in apologetics right now, getting ready to finish that off, but uh, got a couple of masters. I mean, he's a whole lot smarter than I am. But he is just 
passionate and he's able to take deep concepts and break them down to that younger generation because he teaches in the high school. He knows where they're at. The Truth 21 uh, Conference, man, it was filled with the 20-year-olds. And, and so the church that he's pastoring down there now, it's got a lot of the 20-year-olds. So he knows how to, how to connect with that generation. So we're bringing him on board, praying, Lord, that we can bring him on full-time by June of next year. So uh, powerful speaker. I mean, you got to see him do his three chairs thing. And oh. I was like, ooh. It was incredible. Could, could you talk a little bit about his three chairs? That was, and I watched him do this, and the entire group that was there were just spellbound by his teaching. Oh man, I, I got to tell you, I had to watch him four times yes. because uh, you know we did our two conferences weekend to weekend, and and the, and the the pastor at the second conference said, he came up and said, I don't want to play the Holy Spirit, but. My church needs to hear that. Would you give that talk tomorrow morning for Sunday school? And so Juan ended up giving it again on the Sunday school. And, uh, and I sat there and I listened to him. And I was so convicted. This is the fourth time I've heard it, you know, over a two-week period. Um, I was so convicted. I had to change my talk for the, for the morning service. Juan just basically uses three chairs and goes up and says, okay, look at the... Look at, the Bible and who do we want to be like? Do we want to be like a Joshua? Uh, do we want to be the lukewarm or do we want to be the lost? And and what is keeping the lost from becoming Joshua's and what's keeping this from... And he just uses these three chairs and works off of them. And it's amazingly powerful. I, I'm telling you, every audience that I have seen him do this at, now all four of these audiences have just sh- sh- stunned, just sit there stunned. And it's like, oh, and you can see it's a deep, you're thinking, it's like, oh, Lord. You know what's great? He can do the entire presentation in Spanish also. Oh, yeah. He, he, he ended up doing it in Spanish uh, that Sunday that we were there. He did it in English. Then he went next door and he did it in Spanish yes. at the church. So, so he's, I love it. So if, if you know of a church that is a Spanish-speaking church, how can they get a hold of Juan through you? Yeah, just uh, com. Book a speaker, and Juan Valdez is one of the ones that are listed in there. Just tell us you want to do a Spanish conference because we are wanting to... We are wanting to get him out. We've uh, shot 10 videos, short video type things. Mm-hmm. We've shot 10 of those with him, and we're, we're doing the, the final edit on those. And uh, in Spanish, there's a saying, I can't, I'm not Spanish, very bad with languages. Um, but it's basically, uh, can we talk, is like the, the English translation. And he's just taking a topic, and he does like a, a five to ten minute thing uh, in Spanish, dealing with these different issues. And so... Uh, We've even got that coming out. So we're, we're honestly trying to get some good, solid, apologetic material um, in Spanish because, wow, it's, it's a growing segment in our culture yes, and in our country, and uh, we, we need to reach out. Now, let's, I want to get one, one specific in here. You talk about the origin of humans. Yeah. Can you give some examples of some of the things you talk about that? Did we really evolve from hairy ape men and <laughs> ape women? If we had ape men, we had to have ape women too, didn't oh, we? Oh, boy. Uh, that gets into the Cain's wife thing, and I love that part as well. But uh, think about it like this. we got two options, eternal God, eternal matter. These are honestly, you know, cut to the chase, throw all the interpretations and all that sort of a thing out there. There are two options on how everything that we see today got here, eternal God, eternal matter. So... My whole approach has been because dad was the professional wrestler. What do I see? What is reality? I don't want, I don't want to see the reconstructions. I don't want to see the artwork. I don't want to see the fluff. I don't want to see animations. I want to see what the actual evidence is, and then I want to, I want to critically evaluate that evidence. So what I do with like the, uh, 
when Dr. Dawkins challenges, uh, like we talked about last time, on uh, what about osteopithecine? What about Homo erectus? What about Homo habilis? Let's go look at the actual evidence. When you go to the Smithsonian, great place to do ministry, by the way, 24.5 million of our tax dollars went into that facility to lie. And, I, and I, there's no other way to put it, to lie to our children. And so uh, we have every right to go in there. We need to go in there, but we need to go in there and say, here's what the world says, here's what the word says. Now make an informed decision. Because when you look at the actual evidence, is it consistent with eternal matter or is it consistent with eternal God? And, and when you teach them how to, to look beyond the question marks and the dashed lines and the, and, and, and the reconstructions uh, showing a, a Lucy with human eyeballs, excuse me, what was the observational evidence that was found? A very ape-like skull. That's a direct quote from the guy who on site in Tanzania, when they were putting the seven bone fragments together that they had, he said this is very ape-like with big protruding eyebrow ridges. But then you look at the reconstruction and the eyebrow ridges aren't big and protruding. They're kind of cut back and she's got human eyes. Yes, in other words, there's tremendous deception going Absolutely. on in our school systems today. Absolutely. In other words, it's not the Christian that's afraid of the true science. It's the evolutionist because they will not present the real evidence. And see, the problem is, is that the Christian doesn't know what they actually found, so we run from it, and therefore we embolden them and strengthen them, and we create a generation that goes out there that doesn't have answers, and then they hear these guys who are belligerent and, and, and bold. And, and I tell everybody, you've got to understand this. Satan doesn't have to play fair. He doesn't play by the same rules that we do. He will boldface lie to you. There, there's no consequence to him lying to us. So that's why... Know what they actually found. When you see seven bone fragments, here's one of the uh, assignments that I do when I go into the school system and they give me a little time. Here's a, here's a job that you've got to do. And I don't tell them where I'm going with it. You have got to go and do uh, research. And you've got to come back and give me three reconstructions of Lucy's skull. Three. Three secular, no Christian, no creationist materials allowed. Three secular scientists that reconstructed those seven bone fragments and they look alike. Because I've got 16 different reconstructions of Lucy's skull that you look at them and you would think they were all different individuals. When all you have are seven pieces of something, the rest gets filled in with what you think it looked like about the past and what you think is impacted by your worldview, yes. which is so important while you're dealing with the worldview aspect and bringing that in. I train students to ask this basic question about fossils. How much of the fossil was actually found and how much was added in or drawn in by the artist? Amen. Because we're not getting a, a fair description in our textbooks. They're just drawing all this stuff in. And like you were saying, Carl, our students don't know the difference, and unfortunately, it's not the teachers aren't smart. They don't know the difference either. That's all they've ever heard. They've never exactly. questioned the information. Well, when you when you watch the guy on film say, "Here's the pieces from Lucy," which is just a single individual within a family, the Australopithecine family, and he said very protruding eyebrow ridges. But then you go look at the reconstructions, and and they're not there. That's not just. Uh, not knowing what's there. That's doctoring the evidence. Right. And I've seen some of these um, pictures of Lucy in textbooks where the teeth are all filed down to make them look human rather than large canine teeth. And in humans, we have a forehead and chin that goes straight up and down like this so that we can see our feet when we walk. Yeah. <laughs> but apes always go forehead to chin down like this. Slope. But what I like see in the slope. textbooks is almost in between or a little bit yep. more human-like. That's deception. That's it not is deception. honesty. And the human hands and the human feet on Lucy. Yes. Deception. They didn't yes. find any hand or foot no. bones for Lucy. And the foot, hand and foot bones that they found from the quote-unquote relatives were more curved than a chimpanzee. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, when, you, when, you, when you give the young folks, even mature folks, 
the right answers to this stuff, man, it changes their whole approach. I mean, another uh, perfect example is uh, go. I, another assignment I give these uh, students because when they come back, they can't get three secular scientists that will give you the same reconstruction. They come back frustrated. Give me three reconstructions of Lucy standing upright that looks like the others. Because you're going to find it from orangutan to chimpanzee to it's all over the map. So teaching them to critically evaluate that and knowing what was actually found is vital. It's vital. Now, Carl, uh, your passion for youth is, is beyond anything I've, I've seen out there because you don't do fluff. You do the real stuff. You do lifelong learning tools for these youth. How can they get you to come to their church? How would they get in contact with you? Well, I sure appreciate that. I, I, I count it a privilege. If you go to our website, rforh.com, and just type in book a speaker, you'll, you'll have a form to fill out there. And uh, love to do that because that, uh, that is so vitally important to be able to do that. But I also love, uh, maybe you guys are going to go to the Smithsonian. We've got, uh, you know, John and Juanita. Yes. John and Juanita, they're, they're dear friends of ours. Uh, they've got their own ministry. Children's ministry. Yeah. And, and they we, do lots of balloons. Oh, phenomenal stuff. But uh, we spent some time with them teaching them how to lead tours through the Smithsonian. So we lead tours through the Smithsonian. Uh, if we can't do it, we'll even put you in touch with John and Juanita who will lead you on a tour through the Smithsonian. Uh, zoos. I take people through zoos and aquariums because, again, teaching how to apply your faith in the real world is vitally important. Um, when I do those types of things, you've got to keep it in small groups, though. So I would love to be able to say, take you give me five of your teachers. We come in and, and give me five teachers, and I'll take you through. We pour into you, and then we come back and we bring the youth in and set you up at stations, and each one of you become an expert in your station. So you're doing exactly what Jesus did in the Bible. It, we talk about all the spiritual teachings, but half of, more than half of what Jesus did was the application, applying yes. what you've learned. Yeah. Now, Carl, you've got the versatility here. You could go to a church and train all the youth, but then you can go to the Sunday service because yes. you're, you're just phenomenal also with adults, too. You train them, and you have many different talks you can do. That, and that's the way that we survive. Let's be honest. I mean, um, as much as I love youth and doing youth, you're not going to survive doing youth events. <laughs> um, but uh, you, so need, you need the prayer support need the prayer we support. always need the prayer support. But we also need, you also need the financial support. Yeah. So if you're interested in getting youth trained and you want to get somebody to your church or your location to start training these youth on lifelong learning tools, they, they can apply to many different areas. Here's the man you want to get, Carl Kirby. And your website again? R-F-O-R-H.com. And your phone number? 800-552-HOPE. And just a small gift, just of $25 a month, can make a difference in this next generation where we're losing about 70% because they don't have the answers. I want to thank you very, very much, Carl, again for coming. And uh, don't forget, uh, folks, the Spanish ministry. We have a large amount of people in this country that are Spanish-speaking. And if you want to get somebody to come to your church, contact Carl. Well, God bless you, Carl, and thank, thank you, you for the work you're doing. Thank you, man. And God bless all of you out there. If these lessons had been a blessing to you, you might consider financially supporting the Ministry of Creation Training Initiative. You can do this by going to our website, creationtraining.org. Again, that's creationtraining.org. Your tax-deductible donation of just $20, $50 or more a month, or a one-time gift of any amount will make you an education partner in building an army of Christian educators who can teach the biblical account of creation and train others to be able to defend their faith and be biblically faithful to God's word as it states in 1 Peter 
but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear.